Welcome to Dog Talk and Kitties 2. This episode is one part of my hour-long NPR show heard every Sunday on WLIW-FM 88.3, the only NPR station on Long Island, where it has broadcast continuously for 14 years. I'm Tracy Hotchner. I wrote the Dog Bible, everything your dog wants you to know, as well as the Cat Bible, everything your cat expects you to know, because I care about people who care about cats, dogs, and other creatures who share our planet. I'm also the founder and director of the New York Dog Film Festival and the New York Cat Film Festival, which travel America and Canada supporting local animal welfare groups. I could not bring you this show without the support of Dr. Elsie's, the privately owned litter and cat food company founded by Dr. Elsie, a feline-only veterinarian who's created a variety of litters to please any cat, as well as inventing clean protein cat foods based on the protein found in cats' natural prey. This show is also made possible with the generous sponsorship of Waruva, the Foreman family-owned pet food company named after their rescued kitties, Webster, Rudy, and Vanessa, where all their recipes in cans and pouches are human edible because they're made in a human food facility. Dr. Michael Delgado is always my most favorite person to talk to about anything to do with kitty cats. But now I kind of have smoke coming out of my ears, and it turns out she does too. Michael, what do we think about trying to hoodwink cat owners of the world with talking buttons for cats? And what the heck has this world come to when people can't just enjoy their dogs or cats? They have to buy very costly plastic puzzle pieces that go together with a plastic button with it, with a, some sort of an, a pictograph on it that makes a noise and... Then the people that own the cat and dog are told, and the cat and dog are going to pick the button that says what they're thinking, feeling, or want, and you will then know their thoughts. Okay, this was madness, <laughs> madness, sheer madness where dogs are concerned, but where cats are concerned, could you speak to this? The French have done a study. Oh, yeah, they've done a study that there was a cat that walked all over them buttons and had the <laughs> owner convinced that that cat was talking buttons to them. Talk a little about your thoughts on this. Yeah, I mean, I think if you really break it down to like the simplest thing that's going on here, right? So so again, the talking buttons are um, buttons that people believe their animal can press to communicate certain states or wants, um, like going outside or I want a treat or I'm happy or angry or whatever people decide to write on the buttons or depict on the the buttons. Mm -hmm. So these are just these little plastic things that your cat can press. And um, the thinking is that that somehow your your cat understands um, what's on the button and what they're communicating with you. Um, so you know you can train your cat to push a button. That's very easy. Uh, my cats can ring a bell, right? This is basically the same thing. They look like little pet bells that you know people will train their pets to ring. So it's not hard to train your pet to um, to do something in exchange for reward, whether right. it's attention or treats. Um, and so you know to to take it much further than that is really um, pushing <laughs> what we know about animal cognition and their abilities to communicate, or even that they would communicate with us using human terms um, is is very, I guess, anthropocentric, meaning we're really focused on the human experience and not on the pet's perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, I do believe, like, for example, could you train your cat if they push this button that then you will go get a toy? 
or then you will open the cat door, or then you will go get them a treat. Yes, they can learn that the blue button means you will give them a treat. They can learn that the red button means you will open the cat flap. With If you repeat those um, things so that pushing that button reliably predicts a certain outcome, then yes, your cat can do that for sure. I mean, you can train many animals to, That's to right. do that. That's what that's what laboratory experiments have been about since the dawn of time. Whether yeah, it's lots a rat, of pushing buttons. yes, or Pavlov's dog, yeah. or rats yep. in mazes, yeah. Exactly. Yes. Um, so that's what we call associative learning. The animal learns a relationship between um, one thing and another thing, and it's also operant conditioning. Meaning, I learn that if I do X, there's a certain outcome, and that outcome might increase the likelihood that I will push that button again. What I don't like about the talking buttons is when people start using them to um, label the animal's emotional or mental state, which we cannot, um, we cannot directly test. We can't ask them directly, are you happy? Are you angry? Are you scared? We can infer those states from behavior when we take the time to understand our pet's body language and learn what it means and um, get to know our individual pet. But to think that they will push a button to communicate that they're having a certain emotional experience. Well, first of all, how do you even train that to them? So if this button means angry, are you then making your cat angry when they push the button or doing something to them to make them angry? I mean, it's just right. like from a kind of a logical perspective, it's um, it's very hard to, to figure out how you would even make that association. But, but um, can I just interrupt and say that vocabulary, yeah. as you said, anthropocentric human vocabulary, let's just take the word angry. Let's yes. say you had, let's say there are people who claim that a dog has the intelligence of a four-year-old child. I don't know. Do they say that? <laughs> I have no idea. A they cat do. obviously has the intelligence of somebody with a doctorate in philosophy, honestly. <laughs> you know, that's why they're so alluring and mysterious. But if you were to say to a three-year-old, are you angry? Nine out of 10 of them would go, yes, because they think you want an answer for real. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then what does angry mean? Anger is just a very vague word. And for a human, who is supposed to use words and, and learn words, much less an animal, anger has could have every kind of color and flavor. Was Is it irritation? Is it frustration? Mm -hmm. Is it rage? Is it uh, jealousy? I mean, all those things are components of anger. But, you, right? I mean, anger yeah. is not one thing. It's not, I want to put on my boxing gloves and punch you out. It's an emotional state, right? And yes. so it is in part controlled by certain things happening in our brains. And, you know, to, to your point, like, yeah, is a dog really as smart as a three-year-old child? No, it, they're very different. They communicate in different ways. When people say, um, when you read a headline and it says, dogs as smart as three-year-olds, right. you know, in the right. scientific study, yeah. what that means is that the dog was able to perform a very specific cognitive task um, at a level that was also exhibited by children or whatever, but it right. doesn't mean that dogs have all the other capabilities that um, human children might have. And I don't want to, you know, I'm, I'm not one of those people that um, gets hung up on like, oh, humans are always smarter than animals or that dogs are smarter than cats or cats are smarter than dogs. Um, to me, every species has things they're really good at, things Definitely. that help them survive through mm -hmm. the course of evolution and domestication. And to me, to try to compare apples and oranges is a useless, futile task. And I think that these talking buttons but the, push you in that direction. Sure. Yeah, you, the owner. More, um, yeah, because, you know, 
well, one, you're you're making assumptions about yep. your cat, um, maybe ones that are harmful to their well-being. Like, oh, yeah, my cat's always angry. He's mean. Well, now right. you're painting your cat in a very negative light. Um, oh, no, he pushed the button. He must be happy, even though he's limping or he's showing <laughs> signs of illness. Like, we can't rely right. on these buttons and ignore behavior. Like, and what does happy mean? What does happy mean? Happy to some cats is being in a pool of sunlight and dozing happy to another cat would be i got to get out there i've got to get that lizard happy sure. to another cat would be having their belly rubbed but yes the exactly. opposite for another cat there is no one yes. happy for any yes. one individual of any species i mean obviously humans have been obsessed with talking to pets for years right talking to animals yes. i mean there's yes. a whole like body of you know old literature on this and um, you know, TV shows and Mr. Ed, you know, it's just very much in our nature to want to communicate with animals the way we communicate with each other. And that's not really a good way to, um, I, I guess, accept animals for who they are. Yes. Um, and, and so we should really be focused again on how they communicate with us and understanding their body language and, and doing what we know is most likely to give them a good life, right? Like creating an environment that they can thrive in and um, respecting their, their wants and needs when we interact with them and being, you know, uh, gentle and positive and using positive reinforcement training and those sorts of things. Um, I, I feel like the buttons are a lot of effort for very little um, return, at, at least from the animal's perspective. A lot um, of effort people... and a lot of costs. There's millions of right. dollars being spent already by people yeah. buying these gadgets. It almost yeah. feels like late night TV. Hey, you can get Ginja knives along with this. <laughs> it's like, why are, why is this yeah. being hawked as something that, you know, is valuable and fun and important yeah. and then endless emails that go with them telling you, sure. try this today and try that. And if your pet didn't like it, I mean, lots of dogs and cats do not want to step on anything odd. And much, sure. much less step on it hard enough to make a noise. And then would the noise be something positive or not for them? I just think there's a disrespectful. I, I think it's actually more harmful. You're, you're right. Okay, it's a lot of effort for not much um, gain. I think what you gain is actually a misinterpretation of, yeah. of a member of another species. You're actually disrespecting the cat. Let's talk about this study that was done in France. It, it came with a video. When I say my jaw hung open, honestly, I was fit to be tied. So it's in French, and it has a subtitle and saying, Oh, yes, the cat in the night gets me up three times a night and presses on the soup. 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 That's one of the buttons. Soup as in <laughs> soup, like, you know, uh, you know, I don't know, French onion soup. But that is sure. apparently the word that this company is marketing as I want food. This person was being woken three and four times a night by a cat who was that hungry? No. Seven the cat, no, I mean, the cat wanted attention. Yeah. I mean, the cat may have wanted food. I mean, certainly one of the most common complaints I get from my clients is their cat's waking them up at night. But getting up and feeding them is not the solution to that problem. The opposite. Um, yeah. I mean, I think we've talked about that before. Even. That's right. I mean, I think, again, like the cat's. And dogs have no choice in what words are put on those buttons. Um, <laughs> they may choose very different words than, than we assign to those buttons. So first of all, there's a huge flaw there. Um, second of all, 
you know, why are people so attracted to this? People are looking for easy solutions to yeah. either understanding their pet or solving a behavior problem. Right. They don't know that these things, it takes work to understand your pet and their likes and dislikes. It takes work to learn body language. It takes work to train them. It takes work to solve behavior problems. It takes effort to set up an environment that your pet can That's thrive right. in. That's right. Buttons are not going to fix any of those problems. They're not going to make your pet happy. Um, they're ultimately probably not going to make you happy because you're either misinterpreting what your cat is saying or you're, you're really attributing things to them that they're probably not saying. They're probably not interested in soup. <laughs> I would like to have a button on all of these that says, enough with the damn buttons. <laughs> I'd like to see how many dogs. Oh, there's another one on the, the website of one of these companies. It has a customer testimonial at the bottom from Kristen D. And Kristen D. says, I love this, and so does my dog. Every single time she goes to the button, she says, I love you, mommy. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, seriously, woman, you think that's what the dog is saying, and you're having a positive experience? It's so egocentric. It is so me, 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 me for the person. Yeah. Is that yeah, really what I your think... dog would be saying? Or let the dog come <laughs> over, put their head on your knee, or lick your foot, whatever way they might want to express it. But really? She actually believed that the dog was running over to some buttons to say, I love you, mommy. And that's the only thing the dog wanted to say. Right. How I mean, funny. Like you said, How ironic. The dog could just come lay their head on your, yeah. your leg. Your cat could come and rub against you. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think people are, are in an attempt to maybe make things easier for themselves or actually like complicating the relationship. And, and again, like pay attention to your pet, learn about dog and cat body language and you won't need buttons. I have no desire for buttons. That does not interest me in the slightest. For myself or for my pets. I mean, it's sort of like humans that were doing flashcards with children. I don't know if they still do them, but there was a period of time where people were trying to get the world's smartest two-year-olds so they could get into the overpriced, hard to get into preschool. And you know, flashcards, rabbit, dog, house, grass, Mm -hmm. I mean, it seems like the same thing to me. That's not good for human learning. I mean, it works for rote learning if you want to turn out kind of a robotic kind of response. But for dogs and cats, I th I've always thought as I've watched this thing emerge and evolve and watch venture capital pour money into it, mm -hmm. which to me is always a very worrisome sign of mm -hmm. is this really about money? What's right. the end game here? What's the old sure. bottom line? Is it about the bond? Is it about communication between species or is it about making a buck? And I think really the animals, the ones who do respond to it, are just glad you sat down for a minute on the floor with them. Sure. But how I often mean, do we do that? You probably, because you are a cat <laughs> cognition specialist, I feel so guilty. If I ever sit on the floor, I get mauled. They were so happy I came down to their level. <laughs> I'm like, leave me alone. I got to put my sneakers on. Oh, you know, I'm funny. not really very kind that way. They'd be so thrilled. They wouldn't care if there were buttons or, you know, lentils on the ground. Just I'd be sitting there paying attention to them, not on the computer, not on the cell phone. Isn't that part of it? The undivided attention of the human? It could be. I mean, you know, like I said, I, I don't, I have no doubt that animals are learning something when they're using these buttons. I don't know if you're familiar with Clever Hans, but Clever no, Hans tell is me. like a, a Oh, very yes. Famous, yeah, uh, tell horse. the story. It's a great story. Sure. Tell it. Yeah. So this is, um, um, oh gosh, I don't remember the date. It could have been 1800s yes. or later, yes. but um, it, it may have been later. I'd have to, I'd have to look it up. But basically this is, if you study animal cognition, you, you hear the story of Clever That's Hans right. over and over again, um, which is, this was a, a horse who had a, um, owner 
um, slash trainer who believed that Clever Hans could do math. And, um, you know, he demonstrated again and again at live events that if he presented Clever Hans with a math problem, like, you know, four times five, um, Clever Hans could tap out the correct answer with his feet, his hooves. And, um, and people were really like blown away by this horse's cognitive abilities. Like he could do complicated math yep. um, better than children. Right. So now we're back to that, like, right. oh, he's as smart as a, you know, 10 year old kid or whatever. Yep. Um, and, you know, so many scientists came together to try to find out, like, what is, like, how can we possibly, you know, like, understand this, like, amazing horse with um, these advanced mathematical abilities? <laughs> and so they, you know, they had different people um, give him math problems, and he could still answer them correctly. Um, then what they found out was if the owner was um, not visible to Hans, that Hans could no longer solve the math problems. And what they ascertained when carefully observing the human and horse interacting is that as Hans got close to the correct answer, the guy who owned him would raise an eyebrow um, in anticipation, basically, of the correct answer. And Hans was able to read the human's body language and give the human the answer he wanted, not yes. because he knew how to do math, but because he learned to read human body language. So Clever Hans was very smart just not in the way we thought. And I think with the talking buttons, yeah, your cat is communicating something, probably not what you think they're communicating or not whatever label you put on the button, but maybe that they want attention. Um, like I said, certainly for very discreet outcomes, like I get a treat or a toy. Yeah, your cat can learn that connection and then you might regret it because now you're waking up three times in the night to get them yes. food. Yes, they've trained <laughs> you. They've trained yes, you. They exactly. push the button and you're trained. Now they're pushing your buttons. Exactly. Um, pushing your buttons. I love it. <laughs> Michael, we've run short on time, but Michael Maria Delgado is so smart about cats. She's also just really smart. She's smarter than your average two-year-old or than your aging horse. I'll tell you that for sure. I Thank hope you, we Tracy. all feel that way about ourselves <laughs> and that we don't try to apply any of these yardsticks to our dogs or cats. Michael, thanks for being here and uh, chewing this chewing this over with me. And if you guys think that you have a clever kitty like Clever Hans, think again. Pay attention to what the cat really wants to say to you. Thanks, Michael. Thank you, Tracy. Thanks for listening. There are a few more very special companies that make this show possible, and I hope you will support their support of my mission to entertain and educate. Merrick Pet Care, which began as a family-run company in Texas 30 years ago, is still making natural pet food I feed my own dogs. They also provide nutrition to pet shelters in Chicago and Texas and free food for the service dogs for veterans from Canines for Warriors. Cradle which makes CBD calming products to reduce stress for dogs using broad-spectrum CBD from U.S.-grown hemp formulated with a proprietary blend of nutraceutical ingredients. My Wanda Weimaraner couldn't get through thunderstorms without their cradle melts. Earth Animal, which is privately owned by Dr. Bob and Susan Goldstein, creates holistic pet wellness products with an emphasis on their stewardship of the Pet Sustainability Coalition and makes innovative foods like the hybrid dog food, Wisdom, which sometimes is all that Maisie Hotchner will eat. Evermore Pet Food, which is privately owned by two extraordinary women who cook dog food from the most pristine human edible ingredients and ship it to your door in frozen pouches. It's higher quality and more ethically sourced than my own food. Thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this shorter version of Dog Talk and Kitties 2, and we'll listen to other episodes sometime soon. <laughs>